come on he is a friend of mine been really good friends for over 10 years now i uh, had a lot of good times been through a lot of stuff together guy that knows the most and I, I mentioned this guy on the third episode when i talked about uh my favorite tv shows video games and, and this and that uh but he is the foremost knowledge in my opinion on comic books period there's no one that knows more about video games or comic books than the guy that's on our podcast right now. Uh, he is also a professional wrestler. Uh, I've actually, uh, me and him faced off against each other in our very first match for South Central Wrestling in Mountain Pine. The one, the only, the man known as the Superman of submission, the Tennessee technician, Glenn Jeremy Lewis. How's it going, oh, buddy? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I might as well just leave now. I can't talk about it. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good intro. I mean, I know. Uh, I, you're you're the guy that you're the guy that knows the most whenever it comes to comic books and video yeah, games. The man. ultimate I, nerd of steel. I've 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 been uncontested. I've uh, I've talked to my friends and stuff like that, and I'd be like, nobody can out nerd me, and they're like, yes, Glenn, you are you are most certainly on another level. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things on here, but. Uh, before we get started on any of that, uh, one more accolade: the best dungeon master for D and D that I've ever had. Uh, the only dungeon under. master for D and D that you've ever. I, had. Well, I've played under some less than great ones, so I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. you know. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, we need to do that sometime. Um, I'm actually, uh, I, I've been studying in the world of darkness, which is not D and D, but is a role playing game like D and D um, and werewolves. Oh, heck yeah, man. Yeah, if you're down, we can do werewolves, but oh. I'm also doing spell jammers. Oh, that, that sounds great, man. I would love yeah. to jump on any of that. Ooh, Need to get yeah. back on that Gregory T. Brown trip, man. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Did I tell you what spell jammers was? Because that uh, would be perfect. I don't think you did. It's uh, it's D&D in space. Oh, shoot. Yeah, wait, wait, like, wait, wait. Is that the one that we played over here? Where I uh, did that first part of it, where there was like crystals growing out of the ground and stuff. Yes, like yes, 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 yes. Okay, so yeah, I played a little bit of that. That was pretty yeah. fun, man. Yeah, but y'all didn't get to the space part. Mm -mm. Well, by y'all, I mean you. There's nobody else. <laughs> right. Uh, it was, a, it was, it was 
Lizzie was going to play, but then she got a migraine and she needed to sleep it off. So personally, I blame Michael. I blame Michael for everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but how have you been, man? What have you been up to? Oh, a lot of stuff. I've been, um, you know, obviously I've been doing some wrestling stuff. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be wrestling for this half of the year unless uh, unless I get a call from uh, SCCW. Not at, yeah, it's SCCW. Yeah, unless you uh, get a call from our promotion. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, anyway, freaking uh, – but – other than that, I've been extremely busy. Uh, I've been doing a whole lot of painting, uh, putting together stuff, studying, DMing, exercising. I have a have a house, uh, you know, stuff like that. All right, right on, man. Uh, how's the house? Is it nice? Oh I man, I uh, to stop by there I, yet. I keep telling you to. It's it's great. Um, you know, I, I I think the only thing is that because I. Like I've actually decided to take up responsibilities, and so every week I, I mow the lawn. Um, you know, I, I have this pile of stuff outside them, and slowly putting in trash bags and getting that taken care of and stuff like that. Right on, man. Right yeah. on. Well, shoot. Let's let's just jump right into it, man. Let's talk about some video games. You've been into you've been playing any new video oh. games here lately? Oh my goodness! All right, so um, let's let definitely. Uh, do you know what Genshin Impact is? I think, you've that... tried to, I think you've tried to sell me on that game before. I'm going to tell you right now, it literally just came out with 4.0 today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the newest patch came out, which has a whole new continent. The continent's beautiful. It's called uh, <coughs> a, a Photana or something like that. It's a word that means water. Okay. And um, uh, the basic gist of the game is, uh, have you ever played Zelda Breath of the Wild? I've not played any Zelda games. I'm being honest with you. Oh my goodness! All right, we'll have to talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, think of it like, jeez, um, uh, it's it's an open world game, kind of like Skyrim, Fallout, whatever. Yeah. Except, um, you know, you run around and hack and slash like an action RPG. So think of it like a uh, Devil May Cry, or um, oh man, what's the name of that? What's the name of the game? Um, is God of War a hack and slash? God of War is a hack and slash, but th- that, that's more of a hack and slash. This one's more like um, you move around the battlefield, pushing your attack button, and you can push it. You can push it multiple times for like a four hit combo, or you can um, hold it down to do a charge attack, or you can push um, your 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 special to do a special move, and then you have an ultimate. And then there's like a hundred and something characters all with their own unique uh, specials, ultimates, uh, builds, and stats, and stuff like that. And it's based off of Chinese mythology. It's a a very anime-esque game where all the characters are a unique flavor of waifu. Uh, (laughs) uh, The characters are really cool, actually. Um, I, uh, for the new expansion, came out with this uh, magician girl. She's She's a cat girl magician. And she's got this really cool uh, ability where if you hold down her special, she'll dash really far, really fast in this shadow-like mode. And then when you release it, she'll basically do a lunging attack with her sword. And her ultimate is that her hat turns into uh, like a creature doing attacks to everything in the area. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, You fight mobs of enemies, and the enemies are like slimes or... uh, 
I can't describe them really, but kind of like centaur. There's giant centaur dudes with axes, uh, giant robots, and every every area has its own unique creatures and feel to it. Like the area you start off with is a wind country with windmills and stuff everywhere. Uh, the next area is a rock war, uh, country that kind of reminds me of like China or, or, or kind of like the rock country in um, Avatar. And then there's a forest country that kind of really reminds me of Zelda. Then there's Fontana that just, oh, wait, there's to, there's the Japan place that basically Japan, but it's lightning everywhere. I forget what, Izunama, Izu, Izu, I don't know, I can't pronounce it. Right. And then there's Fontana just came out and that place is beautiful. <laughs> it's like an island that's in, it, it's above the rest of land and has waterfalls leading off of the island into the ocean below. And like, there's, there's areas of land there. It's so beautiful. It's probably the most beautiful part of the game. There's even a, a snow area. Oh, wow. Yeah, the game is massive. It's got a character for every anime archetype that you can think of. And it's based off of elements. So there's a uh, fire, water, wind, earth, lightning, uh, ice. Uh, and did I miss one? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, well, uh, there's, there's a bunch grass. of elements. There's, yeah, there's also grass. But um, there's a lot of different elements and whatnot, and every character is unique, and they have there's different weapons. For, uh, there's like several different types of weapons, and every character will have one of those type of weapons. And so you can level up your character in multiple different ways. You have their main level, their weapon level, their artifact levels, their um, uh, their every character has like a astrology thing sign or whatever that levels up. Then they have their talents that level up everything about their uh, every individual character levels up and there's hundreds of characters sounds like it's right up your alley man i know i'm at the end of the game right now <laughs> one Holy of my characters crap. yeah one of the, uh i am at the almost at the maxed out world level um i have two characters that are maxed out level one character's weapon is almost maxed out i'm going to start maxing out his artifacts and then his uh talents and all that other stuff um but yeah i'm at in game stats right now been doing any replays on any games like uh, oh yeah or anything uh yeah actually I, uh the other day i was looking through my achievements for mega man and i noticed that on my playstation 4 i just kind of skipped the first six games of mega man since i played them on my computer yeah and so i was like i don't have a single achievement for mega man well let's look at the achievements it's just beat a mega man game so i was like well i can do that and so <laughs> i spent like 40 minutes beating mega man 2 Oh, man. Yeah, well, it wasn't literally 40 minutes. I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes, but, you know. I have, I, I've been playing, because I, all I have is a PS2 right here, and everybody who's listening knows <laughs> that, because I've said it on a couple different podcasts, but uh -huh. um, I, we only have a PS2 here, so I've been playing, like, a little bit of some college football games. I've been playing some uh, how do you, wrestling how do you... games, uh, this uh -huh. and that, you know, just... Just here and there, I got God of War recently. How do you feel I, about Max Payne? Max Payne, I have that game here, I believe. I have part one and part two. If you, if you want to borrow it, possibly borrow it. I've only played. I've only played a little bit of the first one in the past, and it first was one's amazing. It was different, man. It's 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 a different game. You know what I you mean? You know it's, that invented <laughs> it invented a whole game mechanic. 
So the dive, like the slow motion diving shooting mechanic. No, no. Well, it it, it, it didn't invent the, it didn't invent that, but it, here's what it invented: the computer difficulty is based off of how well you do in the game. So okay. the game the game actually gets harder the better you do. Oh, and wow. the worse you do, the easier the game. Like I don't know if you noticed, but there's actually no difficulty in the game. No difficulty oh, wow. settings. I, I guess I noticed that. Like there's there's the New York Minute and there's game modes, but there's no real difficulty because the game's difficulty is based off of how well you do. So if you keep on dying, you'll find yourself getting more ammo pickups. The enemies dying easier. They'll miss more. You know, you'll you'll start off with full health, stuff like that. They'll even start you off. I, I think I think if you die enough times, they'll start you off with full health and like two painkillers. So like on my on my uh. On my podcast, on the third episode, a couple episodes back, I listed off my favorite consoles and mm-hmm. games for those consoles, and it was Nintendo 64, PS2, and Xbox 360. Those are probably my top those, three consoles. Those are, those are some good consoles, honestly. But, I mean, I, I my, my list is different. Yeah, It's yeah. like Super Nintendo, PlayStation 2, and then around that would probably be uh, maybe a... Uh, I think a Sega Genesis, maybe. maybe. Like I, oh, I, I on, on, on on uh on uh, N sixty four, there were only four games, and I and I said this because I noticed it as I was mm-hmm. doing the episode, as I was recording it. Uh, I noticed that from Nintendo sixty four to PS two to Xbox three sixty, the amount of games only went up that I had on there. Yeah, but, I don't, I don't like, know if you I know this. Four, I have four Nintendo 64 games, uh-huh. five actually, I guess. I got like six PS2 games and then I think eight or nine 360 games. So the have, amount of games yeah. that I had favorited are like more the, 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 the newer the console, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I actually own like most of the game consoles that ever existed. And for each game console, I have a minimum of 20 games. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. Uh, you said you don't have like a 64 or anything like that, but I have some games that you might like if you ever get one. That you oh, I love the Nintendo 64. Like, there are two wrestling games and three Mario games on 64. All right, well, my favorite ones. Let, 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 let's just be clear. There's only one wrestling game that I like on the 64. Not to say there's not multiple good ones because a lot of people love Raw. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the one I, that's the one I love. But everyone loves uh, Raw and um, what is uh, it? I, NCO versus something. I like WCW, <laughs> NWO versus the World uh, NWO or World Tour. I think is what it was. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, everyone loves that and Raw. And then WWF No Mercy. Those two games are mm. no, no Mercy is like the the pinnacle of Nintendo sixty four wrestling games uh, because it was the one after WrestleMania two thousand. It was and, it. Yeah, it was the one that came out right after, like the it, I, next I, game, and must, it it's mm-hmm. it's got all right. So you know how WrestleMania 2000 has a really good creation suite. Yeah, yeah. That, you can even take characters that exist and edit them. Yeah, this one does the same thing, but better. The story is better. Like mm. all all the way around, all around the No Mercy game is way better. You know, you uh, can create belts and stuff like that. Uh, no. No, that well, you can't. You can in WrestleMania. Oh, you can create championships in WrestleMania. Yes, you can create belts and um, other things. The other, the other Mario games that I had were Mario sixty four and Mario Party one and two. 
Those, uh, those are good games. Those, those are, are very those good. Are my, those are my favorite four or five games for 64. I, I, I suppose I like Mario Party 3 the best out of the Mario Parties. Yeah. Um, was that the uh, one with I, the, was that the one where Waluigi was introduced? Uh I don't think so. I think Waluigi was in part one. I, I think. know Wario was in one. Yeah, okay, maybe he was in three. I don't know, but three is the one with the star as the villain. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh this I I don't know. I just played that one more than the other ones, and you had a battle where a battle system where you and another player basically could get kind of like I, I don't know what they were called but i called them pets so you can get like a chomper or uh, uh the, the piranha plant or whatever you can have one on the front of you one on the back of you, you roll dice and basically try to catch up to whoever your opponent was or, and then uh, fight them and then you have to knock their hearts out in between doing uh mini games and stuff like that hey a lot of people for nintendo 64 would have put like Super Smash Brothers on there, but I was never that big a fan of Smash Brothers. I wasn't. I'll, I'll say Melee was better, even I, though original Smash Brothers was good. I, I wasn't that good at that game, and I'm not good at any of the Smash Brothers games. You know, uh, not- well, you, fighting games aren't really your your forte. You know what I mean? I, li- I like platform games. You know where you yeah. play. Oh yeah. Uh, open world games are pretty fun for me too. Uh, PS2 games, I have like I said six or so. Mm. Let's see, one, two three, four, five, five of them are football games. So I'm not even going to mention those. Uh, then the suffering, which is a horror game. It's really good. It costs like to this day, it's a rare game. So it costs like anywhere mm-hmm. between 30 and $200. On you it. know what? Since we're talking about horror games and we were talking about the 60. No, it, it's not, it wasn't on 64. It's the GameCube. Sorry. But we are Resident talking about Evil, horror games. Resident Evil was ported to the 64, wasn't it? I, uh, Resident Evil 2 was on 64. Okay. And uh, I think Resident Evil 3 as well. But uh, Resident Evil 2 is my favorite Resident Evil of all time. But uh, here's the thing. My favorite horror game that I never beat that's not Resident Evil is uh, Eternal Darkness Sanity Requiem for the GameCube. That game was awesome. It was like a, a it's a Cthulhu esque story. Where at the beginning of the story, you find your grandfather's been brutally murdered or whatever, and then you find his diary, which is the Necronomicon, oh. and you read it, and it has stories of people, and then you take control of the people during those stories, and they all have bad endings, and and oh, wow. yeah, and they're all connected because these are things that happened in the world within the game. Uh, it's like in 1818 or whatever, this person was doing this, and this is how it connects to the overall plot. And this person died brutally from this way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's so good, and it has a sanity system. It was like when the first games were one. the lower your sanity went, all kinds of trippy stuff happened. And like the game would make you think that your screen was muted, or made you think your file was corrupted, or the screen would just I go think, black, like the I, power I, went out, I, or whatever. I, I think I've seen people do reviews of that game on so good. Work. But yeah, uh, I, I think I think I know what you're talking about. It is so, good. And the, the other games for PS2 that I had were like wrestling games. One was Def Jam, Fight, Def Jam Fight for New York, mm. which is a wrestling street fighting kind of game, but you fight rappers. You know what? And then uh, Def Jam Fight for New York. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, I've seen somebody play that game. That game looked really good. It had it, a system. It's a lot sem- of fun. Sorry. 
it's a lot of fun. It has really good story to it and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it reminded me uh, when I watched the gameplay and how the get mechanics for the game worked. It kind of reminded me of NBA Jam, not yeah, NBA Jam, uh, NBA Street. I mean, yeah. NBA Street. It's like NBA Street or uh, NFL Street games, but put yeah. into like the world of wrestling, basically. Yeah, um, basically. But uh, then the other two were SmackDown versus Raw 06 and 07. Mm -hmm, Both mm -hmm. of those games were outstanding. Yeah. Um, uh, did you ever play uh, WrestleMania for Super Nintendo with Doink in it? I did. I did. I played. I played a bunch of the kids, or a bunch of the Super Nintendo ones. I actually played the original WrestleMania game for Nintendo 64. I think I got it for like my sixth or seventh birthday, or not Nintendo 64, but for uh, regular Nintendo NES. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was. It had like Ted DiBiase, the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and uh, like just the the Golden Age wrestling. Oh yeah, on there. Undertaker uh, was in the Super Nintendo one. I think uh, the WrestleMania for Super Nintendo was made by the same people who made Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah, there was one called In Your House, which was trying to make wrestling like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, that game was. That game was wild. You walked around in a restaurant and fought these people, and you shoot like Shawn Michaels is a heartbreak kid, and he'd take a gun out and he would shoot people with a heart gun. The hell? It, yeah, it, it was it was wild, man. It was for PS One. It was it was a completely different game. It was crazy. That's but that is crazy. Let's see. Out of out of all of my, let's see, three, six, nine games. Out of the nine games, five of them are wrestling or are sports games. Oh yeah. Um, uh, three of them are wrestling games. One's a UFC game. One's uh NCAA football game. Yeah. The rest well, though are games that I think you would probably play, like Dark Sector. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For Xbox 360, that game was awesome. I never got very far in it, but it was great. Uh, uh, I, had, I had fun playing Dark Sector a lot. You know, there um, there are actually uh there there are a couple of games out there that are like that that are pretty cool. Um. Uh, you know, actually, that reminds me. It, it's kind of slightly unrelated, but um, do you know who Alan Wake is? Uh, I've seen. Isn't there a video game? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a video game. Yeah, Alan I've Wake. seen the case, but I've never, never done any, uh, never got it or played it or anything. Well, uh, Alan Wake is a horror mystery. The main character is kind of a novelist, like Stephen King or whatever, and he goes to a mountainous area, and then he like wakes up, and then he's in a situation with like monsters and stuff like that. And he doesn't know how he got there. And he's got a flashlight to stop the, like the flashlights stop the monsters and then he can shoot them and stuff. Well, the game is actually made by the same people who made Max Payne. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And there's actually a, a, a novel that Alan Wake made is basically just Max Payne. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's narr narrated by the same voice guy. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why Dark Sector reminded me of that. The The last three games, two of them we've already talked about. And one of them, I know for a fact that you like a lot. I like it a, a really good amount as well. The The other two we've talked about are Elder Scrolls, Oblivion, and Fallout 3. Oh, yeah. Those, those games are great. I, I, play I, Fall, I play Fallout 3 to like I, to ludicrous amounts, and I have Oblivion on my computer. It's really good. Oblivion only, is my favorite Elder Scrolls game. I would say uh, 
the only problem I have with Oblivion is that it's just too well balanced. They they never like since the enemies level with you and stuff like that, you can it's almost not worth it leveling up your characters to like level two or beyond. It's yeah. just level up all his minor stats and you know because the, the enemies level with you. Yeah. The the last one I would say is the best superhero game made ever is that's the Arkham series. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, Arkham I, I like the Arkham series a lot. Like uh Origins, Batman Arkham Origins is my favorite out of the, the three that are on that console. It, it really depends, honestly. I would say that uh the Arkham games are, are most definitely up there as far as best superhero games of all time, but you gotta also thank Spider Man for the uh PlayStation slash Nintendo sixty four. That game was just a banger. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the one that had the cartoon voices and stuff in it. Oh uh, yeah, as as uh, all the characters are based off of the cartoon, and Stanley introduces the game at the very beginning, and it has comic book panels, Captain America, Venom, uh, I, I, Punisher, I, I, all of them are in it. I had Spider Man Unlimited for PS2. It was weird. Yeah. Okay. So that was based off of uh, a different thing where. Like and you in Spider Man Unlimited, you switch between Venom and Spider Man. I think, right? Uh, it, it's something like that. It, it, I think. I, it, I think the the way it looked and the way the controls handled was just weird mm. for me. Well, playing as Venom is great in that game, but uh, Spider Man a little weird for sure. Um, um I, I heard the one Toby... that was like, sorry, sorry. I man. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, I had this one Spider Man game called Friend or Foe. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about that one. The the Tobey Maguire movie, uh, Spider-Man games, the ones based off the movie. Yeah. Um, all those are just absolutely amazing. Um, the newest one that came out, the gameplay is great. You know, but, you know, every, every, I think when it comes to modern day superhero stuff, though, they're a little lacking. Um, you know, it's, it, I it's guess. just how it goes. I guess right up at the top with those Arkham games would be the uh, Injustice games as well. Oh yeah, well I liked Injustice One. I had a I had a serious problem with Injustice Two. Oh did um, Well, see, okay, so here here's my problem. All right, when it comes to fighting games, I want I like like balance is a huge thing of fighting games, right? You want a character to have a certain move set with a certain amount of stats. Uh, you know, they're good at doing this, right? Well, the problem with the second Injustice game is that you have this, like, alternate universe mode with different gear and whatnot. So it was impossible to have, like, it's like, well, his Flash has this stats and so on and so forth. So you couldn't really uh, have a, uh, what's the word, a balance match, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's me. I'm picky. I don't know. Uh, I have to say, though, in the... In Mortal Kombat 11, though, they kind of took a similar system to that, but they they made it better where it's like, okay, every character is the same character, but your variants of each character can have this move, this move, or this move, and it takes like a certain amount of slots of your like three or so slots. You can have one powerful slot move and then nothing else or three different moves, whatever. But it's it was still very balanced because your stats didn't change. You just had different move layouts, and that just meant that you had to memorize all the moves they could potentially have. I hadn't beaten that game. I, I've gotten I think probably halfway done with it or something like that. I was playing it at Lindsay's. It's great. Uh, Combat Lindsay's dad's house. I was playing at Lindsay's dad's house. Her younger brother has it. Her stepbrother has it. 
Mm-hmm. And I was playing it, and I had a lot of fun playing that game. Dude. I, I, I cool. did too. I thought it was cool how they brought the people like the they brought the or like past versions of the characters into the game. I thought that was really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh and the extras in that game were really cool too. Although I think Mortal Kombat has started making that kind of a gimmick where it's like every Mortal Kombat game will now have somebody from something outside of Mortal Kombat as like Robocop, Terminator. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, all this other stuff. Peace and maker, like Peacemakers in uh in Mortal Kombat one. Yeah. And so like my problem, like I have no problem with that because I really enjoy playing as Terminator and whatnot, but it kind of takes you out of the experience of playing a Mortal Kombat game. If you play the Mortal Kombat game to play Spawn instead of like, you know, Raiden or somebody. I got you. Well, we've talked for a good minute about games. Let's uh, let's talk about something else for a little bit. Okay. Uh, We could sit here and talk about games all night, but... Mm -hmm. I'm sure the people don't want to just hear us have a whole co- a whole hour or more long conversation about this. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and uh, talk about something that we have in common as well as games, wrestling. All right, let's talk about wrestling. What what got you into it? Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I've always loved wrestling in general. I watched wrestling way, way back in the '90s with uh, the Attitude Era, and ever since I saw Mick Foley enter the ring. I, I was hooked. Mick Foley is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. And then there there are several other wrestlers from that that come in second. So it's like Undertaker, Kane, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, freaking um, Hardcore Holly, uh, The Lethal Weapon. Uh, Steve uh, yeah, Steve Blackman. All of them like practically come in second place and like there's no third place. You know. We, we've gone through a lot together in wrestling, you know, uh, and me and you, we, we mm-hmm. were tag team partners for a long ass time. Yeah, we did uh, a lot of backyard wrestling. Not, uh, yeah. uh, not enough, honestly. <laughs> no, I love backyard wrestling, man. Uh, it, it sucked that it had to stop in 2021, but there were reasons that it needed to stop. There are a lot of reasons, yeah. Um, so, but, but the good thing is, through all of that, you were actually... Uh, you are our final world champion, our final SCCW heavyweight champion. Yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool thing, you know. That was uh, that was that was a happy that was a happy moment because like for for years we talked about like I don't uh, I don't necessarily want to go after the title unless it means something unless there's a unless there's a reason to have the title. Yeah, you know. And I think I think that was a good that was a good feud. You, you and me had real good reason, real good chemistry. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, and then it came down to, like, I, I had to beat you with my hurt arm and stuff like that, which, you know, honestly, I, I, I think it was cool that they still let me wrestle because of that. Yeah, man. Uh, the thing was, I think the thing was, the whole the whole story of the whole thing was great. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. You know, we started off in 2016 as tag team partners. You came out and... uh refereed a match between me and hardcore Hayden mm-hmm. in, uh, in the deep woods arena, uh, when we were just still wrestling on mattresses and stuff mm-hmm. and for the special referee, I talked you into coming back and the, and, and the, uh, the commissioner Stoneface was like, uh, he was like, you know, we're going to have this right down the line. I brought someone in who's not going to take your crap because before that, the last time people had seen you, me and you were not a good in a good place. Oh yeah, for you sure, know? for sure. You know, uh, you, you were in my face. You grabbed me by the shirt and said, "You're gonna have this match when I tell you to," because you were yeah. in charge back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you came back 
and you were going to call it right down the middle, or so everybody thought, until it came really clear, Hayden spears me, and you go, one, two, and you're like, I don't know about this. You got to step back, and Hayden's like, what are you doing? That gave me enough time to hit the cutter, and I was the champion at that point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Team Superstar was born, you know, oh, five star yeah. kid and Jeremy Lewis. And mm-hmm. it was it was a great team. We had matches against Trent Connors and Wayne McNeil. Each other ring. actually. Huh? We actually wrestled each other as well, I think. Uh yeah, we wrestled each other at the first uh on the first day of uh homecoming of the homecoming event mm-hmm. uh in the uh bus arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I ended up coming out on top of that, but that was a good friendly competition, you know. We wanted to wrestle each other, and luckily they let us do that, you know. Yeah, um, and I can definitely tell that both me and you over the years have actually become way better as wrestlers. Um, not only yeah. because we've we've literally learned more and whatnot, but we also practiced. Yeah, a year of training does a lot for a for a person, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than rather than just you know, here and there or like a week and then another week way off down the line or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like the time that I had with uh, Aztec warrior training in 2018, being able to help train with what little information I had helped train, uh, help to train you a little bit, help Mm -hmm. train uh, Wayne McNeil a little bit, help to train Trent Connors a little bit, you know, just kind of in, in Marcus Woods helping to let everybody you know, give everybody the little bits of information that I had before we were all able to go over there and start working mm-hmm. a little more. Yeah, but, it was it was a shame. Um, it was a shame some of them weren't able to stick with it. Uh, I I stuck with it for a full year and I soaked that stuff up. You know, I was like a sponge. Yes, you were, man. I, that's why. That's why I believe they wanted you to be a trainer uh, for everybody, as far as the the company went. Uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not- I'm not wrong. Didn't they have a conversation with you about that? The higher ups? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to train, but, uh, the problem was that, uh, you know, the wrestlers, like if they weren't going to go to the training, they definitely weren't going to learn, want to learn from me, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to teach you this. All right. What do you remember? Oh, I don't remember anything. (laughs) Dude, that was like a couple of days ago. Also, also there was there was uh, with some of the talent there was some weed smoking going on. So I, mean, <laughs> you know, there there was that that was a big problem as well. And luckily, yeah. that's not a problem with what we're doing anymore. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, the, going back to our story, you know, from from 2016 all the way up till I think 2019 or 2020, I think it was 2020. Uh, uh, you decided. I don't know what exactly, I still don't really know exactly what your thought process was, but you said you wanted to step away from Team Superstar after I had won the uh, champ, or right before I had went for the championship. Well, at, that, at, that, at that point in time, um, I, I was coming off a, a streak of straight losses and whatnot as well. And so you were up, but I, I felt like I had to prove myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's hard it's hard being under the shadow of such a, such a great wrestler as Adam Gregory. Uh, And so, so, you know, you, you know, in order, in order to be your own man, you have to actually step away for a little bit, a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, so whenever that happened, I remember in my mind, the thought was 
you don't have to step away. There's no reason to walk away from the team because, you know, I hmm. value you as much as uh, I, I valued you as much as anybody else would, you know. Mm-hmm. I believe in promos even I said something to the effect of, you know, you're like a brother to me, you know. I don't you know, I don't understand what this is, you know, or why you're doing that. But there was so many matches that I could have used you being there for support, you know. And oh yeah, yeah. Could have had I wish you would have been had my back at the in those matches to just either be uh, ringside on the hardwood or, or uh, you know, waiting, you know, at the entranceway or anything. And mm-hmm. I got pissed off because I was like, he, he's wanting to be part of Team Superstar, but he needs to have time by himself. And it doesn't make sense to me. Of course, that was that was me being very selfish at the time, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but but still I, I was pissed off. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So, Whenever I saw you and you came out after I had lost to you would beat I think Wayne McNeil on the night. No, you had beaten somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. But I had lost a champion versus champion match against Marcus Woods. And you came out and all I could remember was this this MFer is coming out here after all this time and I just lost a huge match to prove I was the better champion in the company. And now he's going to come out here. Now he's going to have my back after all this time. It's not cool. So I gave you the hug and I thought, and I was like, this is the moment I have to. And I put the championship down and I kicked you in the head. And yeah. that, that was, that was a hard time that we had gone through, you know, yeah, that was a, that was a wake up call for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I said a bunch of things such as, you know, you're never, you were never, uh, Superman or you were never the, the, the person of this, the superstar of this team, or I was the only superstar. I'm the only superstar in this team, something to that effect. And I walked away. And from that point on, our feud actually kind of began. I, from my side, it, it began. And then hmm. you came out the next episode of fever pitch or something. And you were like, I, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know why you're doing this. We're friends. I don't know. I don't understand. And it was, such a heartfelt moment from you, you know, what was going through your head in that moment? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the fact is like, I was completely taken off guard. I, I didn't know what, what had happened, what was going on, you know, because, you know, since before that, we've always been close and friends. We always spoke about things and I had no idea, you know, that you were upset at the time. And you know, so all I wanted was, you know, I wanted my friend back. You know, so yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to see, see what was happening. Well, I remember at that point, uh, it, that when we had that match, the next match, you were not yourself. You weren't in the game. I remember that for sure, because there's no way uh, a guy, even as, is as, uh, I don't know, as slippery as I was or whatever you want to, however you want to say it, uh, a guy as weaselly as I was at the time, even, even a guy like me, there's no way if you were at the top of your game, I would have been able to escape your clutches. Mm. But there were several instances where you hesitated and the last one costed you. I hit you with the super kick through the chair. Yeah. And that's what puts you out on that, that note, you know? And then the next time, I can't remember what happened. I know we had two more matches and I, I won the one, I won the next one as well. 
And then the last one was that slam down, the biggest event of the year where we didn't know who was going to be in the match against me. Yeah. I well, had no I rem- clue. before slam down, what had happened was um, I ended up losing my match to someone. And then you showed up after the match and uh, I broke my arm, I think, with a chair. Okay. See, this stuff, this stuff happened a while back. For y'all that don't know, you can go and watch it all on the Heel Radio Fusion, the uh, SCCW Heel Radio Fusion mm-hmm. page. But this happened a little while back for us, so it's still it's a little bit foggy for me because a lot more bigger stuff has happened. So, oh, yeah, for uh, sure. But you came out, I was shocked. Because, like you said, your arm, I, I had broken your arm. And, and then, I only had a week or two, I think, to heal, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you, you, you came out that the very last event we had, Slam Down, uh, Slam Down Two. You came out, and uh, I was shocked. I was confused. I was like, "What in the hell is he? What is he doing here?" You know. And the only thing I could think was go after your arm, and it did <laughs> not help anything by the end of it. You know, you grabbed me, you go- you goozled me for the choke slam. I hit your arm. I hit your arm, and you were just ah. And then you picked me up, slammed me down, one, two, three, and you were the final uh, SCCW champion. And mm. uh, that moment probably felt amazing for you, like a, a very cathartic moment, a moment of like, finally. You know? For sure. You know, I mean, I had gone through a whole lot. I'd had battles with Gremlin. I've had whole feuds with uh, Marcus Woods. But uh, all of those were not as emotionally uh, training or intense as my feud with you. So if we jump forward from there, even after uh, from, from the SC, if we jumped and moved away from the SCCW stuff, you go to SCW and mountain pine, South central wrestling. Yes. It's October 22nd, 2022. It is the uh, October fight night for scw and you and i both get the call to face each other in our oh yeah oh yeah in our very first professional wrestling match i'm gonna be honest um gonna be honest uh i feel like i could have done better in that match you and me both brother (laughs) (laughs) looking back i mean we've said it before in passing when we've talked to each other anytime we're like i want to go against you again yeah for sure yeah you know, because honestly, man, I, I know we would put on a hell of a show now, knowing the stuff that we know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was our first match and it was full of nothing but chain wrestling pretty much. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, wrestling, I, two or three clotheslines, a couple of body slams, a super kick that, that made it roll out of the ring and then a touch. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and it also was a lush, like, like. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, I think, I, I mean, me personally, I love chain wrestling, but I've been told that uh, I've been told that I, I, I need to, I need to stop that. I need to, I need to, embrace I need to man roll. Yeah, embrace, em, embrace being a bad person and uh, stop, stop trying to be a good wrestler and start being a, a smart wrestler and punch them all. You know, if, 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 I mean, how are they going to stop 260 pounds of fist heading towards them? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, how many matches have you won and what, what's your record right now? 
Uh, it's like 50 50. Okay, so you're like pretty what, close, I think. Like uh, three and three or something like that. Well, I, okay, so uh, I, I won against you. Yeah. I lost against uh, 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 what's his name? Something black. Um, black. Yeah, Mitch Black. And then I won against uh, Ray Stryker. And then lost I, to Adam Shepard, didn't you? I, I lost to Adam Shepard, and I also lost to um, the Warhawk. Um, Kurt Castle. Kurt Castle. So uh, I'm a little bit W heavyweight champion, Kurt Castle. Yes, I uh, I lost to him, but that was a that was an incredible match. I I I think I think he was probably my favorite out of all the people I wrestled. Uh, and then Adam Shepard being a close second, uh, other than you, obviously. But uh, I did not I did not like. No offense to uh, Ray Stryker or uh, Mitch Black; they're both incredible wrestlers. I just feel like my chemistry with them uh, in the ring not that great, and I just I really did did not enjoy uh, wrestling with him. I understand. I understand. I, I also went against Mitch Black. My record is not nearly as good as yours. Uh, you have one more win than I do. So okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I, I think, let me see. I'm four and one, right? Or I'm one and four right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I lost to you. I lost to Mitch Black. I lost to Diesel Dog. I lost in a handicap tag team match. Um, yeah that was stupid it was it was we had they should have let you in the ring that's why y'all lost is because they didn't let you in the ring but for five seconds i was in the ring for yeah all of five seconds yeah if if you had actually been allowed to like i don't know why they didn't tag you in more like if they had tagged you in the match would have been over you would have won hell you know what they should have just let you wrestle the whole match and they could stay behind the ropes because you know they're only they're like a third of the wrestler you are you know what i mean yeah okay (laughs) Well, in my fifth match, I have to say my fifth match was not my favorite match. I think my favorite match, even though it was a losing effort, was probably Diesel Dog, man. That match was great. Diesel Dog is pretty cool, dude. I I had a really good match against him. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I ended up doing some good stuff and then not – and I ended up, like I said, not winning. I got hit with the injector, which Mm -hmm. is like a – Lethal injector. it's like yeah it's it's a butterfly uh a butterfly and he lifts you up and he drops down to a knee in your head like a stunner almost it's well he goes down to one knee and your head hits his other hits his knee that is uh propped up okay uh so it's like uh it's like a pedigree without going all the way down okay okay you know Uh but uh, I, I yeah, that guy. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you can tell or not. But Diesel Dog, he, mm-hmm. he's a he's a fan of the Road Warriors. I had no clue. I had no clue. Yeah, he's a fan of the Road Warriors and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, except for the promos, the Ultimate Warrior did. He's not that. That he doesn't do that. Yeah, he doesn't do that. But I mean, he likes the painting thing. I but think. I don't know. Maybe I, I do have to say my fifth match. Even though I won was not my favorite because the guy I went against was less than trained. Um, He was – we walked through the match before we started it. We walked through the match three, two, three times Mm -hmm. just so I I felt like, you know, he would understand the plan I had. Okay. He understand it pretty well. So, come showtime, and all of that stuff goes out the window. Of course. He doesn't follow any of it. Yeah, okay. Stay on plan. 
okay so real quick okay so like that's a that's a glenn move right there is where you know you want to you want to plan out the match and have at least some sort of structure to it that's definitely a glenn move uh i i uh, you you you're becoming more like me by the day uh, uh, well it, it, i think i think it's it's easier to have a game plan yeah for sure at least some it. sort of basic structure of how you want the map uh, match to go so you can have, you know, so that people can be entertained and have a story instead of just, you know, well, I'm going to wing it. Right. And if it uh, and it's like, I don't we don't know who the good guy, the bad guy is. We don't know nothing. Right. None of the moves look good because, you know, you you don't know what's coming next. They could do anything on you. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I, I so the plan was to show that he was the better wrestler between the two of us. Yeah. And then for me to have to use cheap to come out on top, you know. And was he? No, he was not. He was not yeah. a better wrestler. Yeah, I, I imagine. Uh, I, I could I could tell watching the match. I just wanted you to say that. Well, it, it is what it is, but your boy ended up <laughs> becoming it is what it is, but your boy ended up becoming the IWF Continental Champion. I, I mean, does that does it feel warm, nice and snug around the waist? Right well, there, you know. Well, I, I can tell you this. I can tell you uh-huh. this. That belt that belt's value and prestige went way through the roof whenever i oh, yeah. won for, for sure for sure what like I, around I, his way so you know you know the only reason why you have it is because i wasn't offered the opportunity for that match right please come on now look, you know, look, i'm look. just saying we i'm just, just saying if it was me versus IWF. you in that ring that belt would be on me right now we, I'm just we, saying. we get you in an iwf ring <laughs> in fort smith in october to face me and you will see what happens You'll end up on the wrong ends of wrong end of my sights, and hit, get hit with a kill shot super kick. You'll I'm be just, that one. I'm, I'm just saying, there's no way you could weigh more than a tire that I lift on the daily. You know, <laughs> I lift whole rims and tires with one arm each day, as just curling them, <laughs> curling cars and stuff like that every day. Uh, you know, I've actually, I've actually, I take the lug nuts my, off with my fingers. My weight's actually jumped up, man. I'm a, I'm weighing a buck seventy five now. For real, yeah, yeah, uh, me too. But it's not muscle. <laughs> he said, "Me too." I'm weighing, a, I'm weighing a bug seventy five as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, man, uh, I, you know, it's cool being able to wrestle and stuff because you got the good guys, you got the bad guys, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's like the heroes and the villains, man. And whenever you're talking heroes and villains, it makes you think comic books. So uh, for sure. What 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 is what is your thoughts on both DC and Marvel, the two biggest brands in comics? All right, so like I knew we were gonna get to this, yeah. And I hate to ruin, I hate to make all the fans of this show leave because of my terrible opinions. But I think Marvel and D- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Marvel and DC is kind of downhill. Um, I'm not saying that they don't put out good stuff, but it's like it's like rolling dice and hoping that you roll a twenty. Yeah, on a twenty, you know. Yeah, D- D- any, yeah. Anyway, so like the basic gist is like uh, I just watched uh, the the second Captain Marvel movie. For those of you who don't know, that movie called Shazam. The hero of that movie is actually called Captain Marvel. Yeah, so, Fury. Yeah. Of, I haven't watched Fury of the Gods yet. I, I love it. It's great. It's amazing. It? It's a good. It is really, really good. It is actually really, really good. But then you watch crap like The Flash. Which is just the worst movie that has come out in years. <laughs> I, is, I, I oh, it is so I bad. Like, I didn't like the Chrono Bowl thing with where it shows them 
the, 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 all the CG, all the CG is just the worst. The yeah, I, I hated Reeve recreated in CG and stuff. I, I think they I changed think that, the rules for the Flash too in this movie. Okay, so how many times have you seen Justice League? Uh, which one? The 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 Justice League. Not the Zack Snyder one. I don't care either or the same. The, Snyder, the, well, no, the Zack Snyder one's way better. But well, what what I'm saying is what, what I'm saying is essentially they're the same movie, and the scene I'm talking about's in both versions. Okay. So you know the scene where Batman's like save one life, right? Yeah. And then the Flash goes in there, gets a person. The guy's standing there shocked, and he's like, "I gotta go." And he goes and grabs another person, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Now, have you noticed anything about that scene? Anything at all, particular? No. All right. Well, you know why? Because nothing particular happens. The guys don't throw up their entire guts on the ground. Well, they make a gag out of it in the Flash. They change how his powers work, and he can't move people now, right? And they did it all for the sake of three poorly told jokes in the movie. Um, at one point in the movie, the Flash meets himself, and then he goes and loses his powers while the other, while his younger self gets his powers. Yeah. And so the flash at one point has to save him. Well, the younger self has to save him from a bullet and moves him. Well, because of that, he now has extreme speed motion sickness or something like that. And he does just a bow, right? You know, Pope bow, right? from Mortal combat. He yeah. does the, that projectile vomit, just the worst CG ever vomit just on the ground and stuff like that. I was like, really? Cause the flash didn't do that in justice league. Right. Um, and then they did it also for the, for the baby joke, which they referenced three times in the movie. And it's just, so stupid. I think, I think, all right. I think the flash movie was really bad. I'm not, yeah. I agree. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't like it. (laughs) Probably, probably the worst movie in the DC. If if you, yeah, well, if you took out everything that the Flash did in that movie and just kept in Batman and Supergirl, it's actually a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think that something that could have helped it a little bit would have been the uh, Dark Flash that they had, the weird crystallized version of the. The younger yeah. Flash or whatever. Yeah, well, it was, well, was he had been doing it for years, and every time he get an injury, which is stick, which is not another thing that changed about the Flash. You know, his regeneration is supposed to be ridiculous, so like he, he could pull that out of his arm and then heal it or whatever. Um, they also there's another you know the whole thing about he has to eat food to keep up his metabolism because we're really super space. Yeah, well, that it Wally play- West? Yeah, well, that's actually Wally West and not Barry Allen, but they right. changed Barry Allen to fit that because it was more popular with Wally West. Anyway, point is, it doesn't play a role in the story other than for jokes. Like at the end of the movie, he friends all throughout the whole thing, fighting Kryptonians and all this other stuff. And they're doing jack squat to these Kryptonians. But yet his food thing never kicks in during any of that battle. Right. I think, honestly, I'm going to be honest, actually, the only cool scene with the Flash is and it's kind of partially ruined by the uh, come on Barbie, let's go party. Uh, like if that was just so stupid, but that scene right there, when they take off from each other and start moving around at super speed, that's, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But that's about the only thing the flash does in that movie. That's cool. I, I think that, like I said, I, what I was saying was if they would have focused more on, cause the main villain is the younger flash, but you don't know that until the mm-hmm. thing, and, and it's like, three to five minutes of that and that's all you get of him 
Mm-hmm. It, well, it, it, it and it's kind of silly because like you know what it is, but like they didn't they didn't they didn't build upon it until the very end of the story. Right. And at that point, the rest of the the whole rest of the story did not matter. Yeah. It did not matter even a little bit. Yeah. You it, know, it, the whole like, thing was Zod, throw it out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I thought it was stupid how they made Supergirl be like young Barry's love interest or a girl he was infatuated with instead of like the story being about saving the world. Yeah. Well, I get, I get it. Young Barry's an idiot. And so he's, he's love struck easy and all this other stuff. But you know, I, I I don't blame him. Supergirl in that movie's hot. Yeah. Um, I mean, even though my problem is like, okay, so for those of you who don't know, my thing is I like for characters to be comic book accurate. And so uh, I, I, I didn't like the fact that she wasn't comic book accurate, but I dealt with it because it was an acceptable change. Like there, there are certain things that are acceptable changes. When the character is still likable and essentially the same character, I'm okay with it. And I can understand she's kind of like the flashpoint version of what Supergirl is. That's the reason why she's different. Yeah. Like I get that. So I, like at that point, I found that she was an acceptable character change from the classic blonde hair skirt, um, you know, not very trained version of Supergirl. See, like, I, I think there was a lot of people. The, the Flash was a really bad movie. I think, like, there was for sure, worst, for sure, worst DCEU movie that was in mm. the, in there, uh, with Birds of Prey coming in really close second. For sure. For sure. I, I actually, like um, okay, so if we're going to say uh, the first Suicide Squad movie, Birds of Prey and Flash are the three worst movies, and the other ones are all good movies, in my opinion. I, I know some people don't like the other movies. I, I, uh, liked, I, liked, uh, I liked the first Suicide Squad movie. I did you? Good. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I didn't, I thought, like, I said this in, the, in my first episode that I did, which was just talking about dc's movie universe and stuff mm-hmm. uh, i thought it was pretty good uh i thought that there were points in it that it was uh un- disjointed yeah, like for some sure. pieces just didn't make sense like will mm-hmm. smith was all will smith and then we're like let's kill rick flag and then whatever he starts to get killed he dies we die it's like yeah well no like that was the thing so like okay so they go to they've all given up hope and all this other stuff. They go into a bar in the middle of this apocalyptic situation. They're in the middle of the bar, they're sitting down, they're drinking, and Rick Flag is like here and hands them a bunch of letters. And like dead shots, like, what is this? He's like, Oh, these are all the letters that your daughter sent you that we've been keeping from you. And then Deadshot says, and I quote, I will whatever i can to get you to that to the top of that hill like it's the most like i don't know about you but if my daughter who i love was the only person i was attached to in this entire world was sending me letters and someone was keeping them from me i would murder them right then and there but no no deadshot's like you know what if there is anything in this world that you need i am there you've been keeping my daughter's letters from me we're brothers now. <laughs> you've been keeping, uh, you you've been keeping all of these letters from me. You've been keeping all of this good stuff from me. I love you, man. <laughs> You're my man. Yeah. 
what, what, know. That, what's that's the biggest on, problem. Huh? What's your thoughts on uh, Marvel? Uh, we, we talked a little bit about DC. What about Marvel's movie stuff? All right, so Marvel worse so than DC, okay? So like DC, okay, so Marvel's been putting out billion-dollar movies, multi-billion-dollar movies, right? Uh, like uh, I think it's like a half a trillion dollars on average. I think I'm I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on that. I just know a lot of money, huh? I said I'm gonna quote you on that. Okay. So, but DC they 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 put out movies and people are always like, well, DC's worse than Marvel because they don't make as money. Blah blah blah. Now that's not true. DC puts out. We don't expect DC to put out the best movies on earth. They just I, we just expect them to put out movies that are good. Right. And so now Marvel, on the other hand, they've come they've become complacent. And so they've stopped making superhero movies. They've started making uh, uh, movies for sure, but they're not superhero movies um, or at least not good ones. OK, um, this 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 goes to their shows as well. Um, I'm going to say that the uh, I, I didn't watch Loki. I heard it was good. Um I watched WandaVision and I couldn't stand the fact that everybody was treating Wanda like she was a hero when she was clearly the villain of that series. And she was a terrible person. Doctor Strange was eh. Uh, believe it or not, I loved Morbius a whole lot bet better than I did any of the other movies that have come after Doctor Strange. Um, Multiverse of Mad... Uh, not Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Multiverse uh, of Madness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Far From Home, that's the one. Far From Home is the best thing Marvel's put out in years. Um, I thought it was great, man. The three yeah. Spider-Man together. Yeah, it's the best thing they put out in years. Everything else is subpar. Um, like, I'm just going to say that uh, if you're looking for a Marvel fan, it's not me. Uh, I like Marvel comics. I like the Marvel characters. But what they've been putting out is not Marvel. Right. You know, it's it's, it's kind of sad because, like, Let's let's take let's take War Machine for instance. I I am a huge fan of War Machine, and it's just it's in both the comics and the shows and whatnot. It just seems like they don't really want to do much with War Machine other than the fact that he exists, and I feel like that's a waste. Like you know who could become the next leader of Shield? Freaking Rhodey, you know. Yeah. You know, War Machine's such a cool character with the cool concept. That's that's but, also. That's also the thing, though. They they eliminated Shield in like the second Captain America movie, mm. which is yeah. weird because you know isn't Shield like throughout all the comics it ever just it just doesn't stop. Throughout all the comics, what I said isn't Shield like a group that just doesn't stop throughout? That's correct. Like, that's correct. Somebody, um, after Nick Fury, someone else like Maria Hill would have taken over. Or something. Yeah. Well, she's Maria now Hill. dead. Um, yeah, she's dead for because of Secret Invasion. You know? Yeah, that's a stupid, stupid series. You know what? I had hopes for Secret Invasion. I was like, finally, a show where Nick Fury can do cool stuff and look cool and whatnot. No, he's just he's just a loser. He's just like the dude. <laughs> he's just and, that guy. Yeah, and he does nothing throughout the course of the show, and he doesn't get any redemption, and someone else becomes the main character, and she saves the day, and the show ends. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's really sad because you know I'm I am all about female main characters and whatnot, but you know I I've I've never wanted a show or a movie or a comic or anything to make someone look bad in order to make their female characters look good. And I think that's become 
kind of a thing that's happened throughout the, these Marvel movies. Like, um, it, it seems that way to me. You know, they're they're taking characters. Um, you know, let's say let's say Falcon, for instance, right? Falcon yeah. Falcon got downgraded. He got turned into Captain America. Instead of having his own show or whatever, where he's Falcon being awesome, doing Falcon stuff, uh, instead they figured that he would be better off as someone else. And I feel like that is, uh, to me, that's an insult. You know, I don't want a show about Jeremy Lewis, and then all of a sudden Adam Gregory, uh, Adam Gregory passes away or something like that. No, I have to become the five star Glenn. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, well, my thoughts on my thoughts on the DC stuff I've already given, but I, I guess my thoughts on Marvel's movies and TV shows. They're they're the reason the reason I like DC stuff is because it isn't afraid to be dark. You know, it isn't afraid For to sure. be. It isn't afraid. Which is kind of crazy, honestly. It, it didn't mind, used to be that way. In my mind, it's it's not afraid to put things in the real in our world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to make it feel like we can see this stuff happening wherever. And uh, like walking down the street, and there's a building exploding because Superman's fighting some dude, and everybody's dying because of it. You know, I love how I love how happened. I think but that's a Marvel, thing about the Flash movie that I, I, I think about it is like Kryptonians are, are completely unstoppable, literally. The Flash movie proved that literally no one could have stopped Zod and all of the Kryptonians but Superman. Right. You know. Yeah, even Supergirl couldn't stop him. You know, and she's kind of almost as strong as him. Well, like, okay, so every here's the thing, okay? Even the comics do this, and this just kind of pisses me off. I'm sorry for using that word, but anyway. No, you're but good. I've been saying a- I've been saying words the whole show, so I know. It's just it's you know me. I, uh, no, yeah. but anyway, no. so like in the comics and the shows and all this other stuff, they're like Supergirl is more powerful than Superman. No, she's not. Okay, she's been <laughs> on Earth for like a few years at best, and I can understand the Superman show. She's been there since a kid, but like you know, Superman's been here his entire life, has had time to master his powers and actually exercise them. He's been tried with like so many impossible situations and yet come out on top and what supergirl done you know she's been working for a, a couple of days and whatnot now somehow she's a better superhero than superman right. i don't i don't buy that i don't buy yeah. that even for a second you know it's right. like you know the one thing i liked about the supergirl show in season one she, you know she's like uh she's talking to superman via text and whatnot and and she's like, uh, I heard you were uh, doing blah, blah, blah during this time. He's like, well, you know, I wanted you to be, I didn't want you to feel like I was going to step in and take care of your problems or whatever. I wanted you to have your own independence, you know, and that's, a, that's a Superman thing to do. You know, he's like, look, you got this. If you ever need me, I'm there for you, but I know you got this, you know, right. that's Superman. And it just seemed like after that point, the CW especially wanted to do everything in its power to make Superman look bad. You know, yeah, I, I, I haven't watched any of Superman and Lois, so I have no idea what that's. Oh man. Oh, all right. 
I'm just going to save you the trouble right now, okay? I got halfway through the season. I am the biggest Superman fan that you know. This is correct, correct? Yes. All right. I got halfway through the season. Now I had to stop, okay? Let me tell you why, okay? It, okay, everything in that show wants, super, wants Superman to stop being Superman, stop doing this, all right? And the, his kids are the most annoying things on earth. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you, you didn't tell us you were Superman. Oh, man, now, you're, now that we know that you're Superman, uh, why are you always out saving billions of lives when you can be taking care of my personal problems? Oh, I wish I had superpowers. Oh, crap, I have superpowers, but I'm not as cool as you. Thanks, Dad. Like, yeah. I, my, like, I said, like I was saying, you know, DC ain't afraid, isn't really afraid to go dark. And I think that's one downfall of Marvel is that they're always the more whimsical of the two, you know. Yeah. They're, well, they're the more colorful, flashy. Ah! There always uh, has to be a balance, you know, between yeah. serious and whimsical. It's okay. Like, for instance, uh, let's take the first so many Marvel movies. Yeah, they had silly moments in them, but they were serious movies. They took themselves yeah. seriously, you know. That's, the... Right. That, that's why I, the, in, out of all the newer stuff, I think, like you said, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was great because it had a lot more serious than For funny sure. Freaking as well as my favorite... Alert, my, Aunt May dies. My favorite four Marvel movies to this day are Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, uh, and uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Because those movies were serious. They, it felt like there were actual stakes, you know? If we're talking talking about like MC movies, it'd probably be for me. I love the uh, I love the first Captain America movie. I loved Avengers. I loved Incredible Hulk. Um, But in order, it'd probably be somewhere around Incredible Hulk, Far From Home, Avengers, and then Civil War. Yeah, Uh, but so that's that's kind of where I'm at with the Marvel movies. Uh, you know, I like the Netflix stuff they did for sure because that was uh, oh yeah, dark. dude. I I I loved season one Jessica Jones. I loved Luke Cage. I loved uh, I watched I, season one and two of Daredevil. I like all of Daredevil, man. Daredevil is my yeah. favorite. I don't know if I told you this, but Daredevil is my favorite Marvel character, like bar none. He's my because favorite because he's Batman. Basically, yeah, Batman's my favorite DC. <laughs> so I mean. Anybody dark and brooding is my guy, you know. Well, I already. Well, you know the same guy who worked on Batman a lot also made Daredevil popular. I believe that was Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah, he did the Man Without Fear run, uh, and then he in popularized Batman, he did the, the red dark, suit. He did the Dark Knight Returns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we've talked about the Marvel and the DC stuff. What's this thing you've told me about the Ripperverse? All right, so check this out, okay? All right, so there's this guy, and his name is, like, Eric July. And so he created a new comic book brand, okay? So first off, let's let's just get the let's get the uh, elephant out of the room cleared. I love Valiant Comics, and Valiant Comics is my favorite comic book brand of all time, more so than Marvel and DC. The reason why I like Valiant Comics is because when a character dies, they're dead. It has a... a, a 
It has good continuity, a single timeline. It has a weight to it. It has a weight to it. Oh, for sure. Every battle could be life or death. It has a, it has a timeline, no multiverses, no time travel. I mean, there's time travel, but they, they, they state it like this. Everything's fixed in time. You can't change history. You can travel in time, and things will happen the same way it happens or has always happened. And sometimes it has always happened because you directly were always there to do that thing. But, yeah, I love Valiant Comics, okay? And so th- this guy, uh, he's doing something that is great for comic books, okay? So one problem with comic books is that they're no longer about superheroes. They're about political drama and all this other stuff. And it's, I don't, I don't read comic books for that reason. I want to see Superman save the day from this or that. I don't mind hearing about his personal life in between the superhero stuff, but I want ultimately to be a superhero comic about him overcoming obstacles to save the day, right? Right. So that's where most comics fall short. This new uh, this new comic book universe made by Eric July is called the Rippaverse because his name is Young Ripa. But um, how how he has uh, he has rules for his company. It's like a comic uh, ethics thing or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to find it. It's actually in the, every issue of comics that he prints. He puts out the ethics. Uh, the first one is that he respects the customers. Essentially, um, he wants he wants to invest money into the brand of the comic and create comics that uh, respects their intelligence and doesn't try to change the character. The character will always be the character, right? And then the second one is canon and continuity. It's a fixed timeline. Uh, everything will be a single continuity, have as minimal uh revelations or retcons and the only kind of retcons that will happen will be in the classical sense of information that you didn't know before uh like for instance it's like this character was always evil and there was hints in the comic that he was always evil you just didn't know it or didn't want to accept it right and then there's um there is uh you know a comprehensive timeline and stuff like that anyway so he came out with this new comic uh, like last year called Isom Number One, and it's it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the main character is this dude. Um, his name's Avery, and he he lives in Texas. And the story is that he gets a call that I think uh, I'm pretty sure it's his sister is missing. So he goes into the big city. He's actually a retired superhero. So it starts off after he's retired from being a superhero. And so now he's going into a city where he has lots of enemies and whatnot. And uh, the, the head crime boss of the city basically meets with him or something like that. And he's like, I want to know where my sister is. And he's like, well, that's for me to know and for you never to find out or something like that. And then uh, he basically gets into a fist fight. And uh, I think in the silliest scene in the whole comic, the when he's a, the main character has powers, right? Well, he ends up going up against another dude who's huge and has powers as well, and that guy is kind of like the Hulk in strength. And he takes the main character. Uh, mean, by the way, meanwhile, while this is happening, another character who's introduced in the comic, her name is Gyro. She's got like this energy-based power. She can fly. She's actually kind of having a battle with like superhero police. Um, anyway, she's like a mile away, right? So in the weirdest scene in the comic, though, 
the guy picks up the main character and casually throws him like two miles away, right into where Gyra is battling. And uh, so the main character ends up getting beat up by Gyra because she thinks he's showing up to get to stop her as well. Uh, he winds up in the hospital. But I think what's... Huh? I didn't say anything, man. Oh, okay. So what's kind of cool about this comic, as far as the story goes, the story's actually pretty decent. It's the guy's first comic book, and it's way better than anything I've ever written. Um, it's kind of it's kind of on par with some of the comics that you and me have talked about uh, writing. But uh, it's really good. Uh, I think the only thing about it is that everybody kind of talks like the guy who wrote the comic book talks. It's kind of like a slang, a lingo. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I, I chalk it up to the, the area where the characters are at that everyone kind of talks that way. Kind of yeah. like uh, kind of like in Westerns, everybody talks like a Western person. Anyway, so um, the thing that's kind of cool about this comic book is that uh, the main character, Avery, who is Isom, um, it doesn't tell you what his powers are. You as the reader have to piece together what his powers are. Maybe it tells you in issue number two, that one just came out, I have it ordered. But uh, in issue one, number one, you get to see him do stuff and you have no idea what his powers are, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, even his uh, his uh, his niece, who I think she she might have super intelligence, I'm not quite sure. His, his niece tries to guess. It's like, you know, I bet you have super strength. And he's like, nope. I don't have super strength, but how, how could you tell if I did? She's like, well, you know, I weigh 10 times more than I did last year because I've grown and yet you don't seem to have any trouble lifting me. Um, yeah, she, she takes a crack at it. She's, she's a genius. Maybe he has like gravity powers or something. I don't know, but, um, he's, uh, he's ridiculous. He's got some cool stuff. I, my personal opinion is I think that he's as strong as the last person he fought. I think that's kind of, um, I think that's what his powers are. Oh, okay. Um, I don't I'll, really know. I'll have, to, I'll have to check into this. I'll have to come over and hang out and read yeah. it. Yeah. Well, each man. issue, each issue is literally a volume. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. it takes a little while to read them. Then. Yeah. Each issue is ninety pages, and issue number two just came out. They're about to be coming out with issue number one of a couple of other comics: Gyra, um, Alpha Core. Um, what are they called? Valhalla or something like that. It's at the end of the book. Um, hold on one second. It's all good. Uh, they're called Nor, Nor Norfrica. Norfrica. They look like Vikings. And oh, okay. one's got the ability to materialize a bow, and the other one has some sort of green orb energy. I don't know what the other ones do. All um, right. Well, heck yeah, man. I'll, like I said, I'll have to check it out. Uh, like, at least look, flip through the pages or something, you know, whenever oh, yeah. I come visit with you at some point. It's really good. Um, issue number two is coming out. And I, uh, uh, the, uh, there's variant covers of each issue. And I got the the second variant of issue number one, but I got the original variant, I mean, the original, original packaging for issue number two because I thought that was the coolest looking one. It's got this big dude who looks like he's out of like a shadow man comic fighting um ison um what so what was this you were telling me about this audio drama that you're listening to oh dude okay so um you you've been listening to audio dramas as well lately oh yeah um 
but uh, that's kind of coincidence because you know I've been also listening to them. But we, I guess we didn't really talk about it, that we were both listening to audio dramas. But um, the one I'm listening to is called Deathlands, and it's been out since like the '80s, and it's really cool. So how uh, the audio dramas for this kind of website or whatever works is that they were made for truckers. And so every story is somewhere around six to nine hours long, which is about the average shift of a, of a trucker, right? They'll drive about that much. Yeah. And so uh, what, what will happen, uh, what the story is about is uh, basically in the far off distant future of 2003, uh, so like off. yeah, in the far off distant future. Remember, this was written in the eighties, uh, but in the distant future of two thousand three, Russia sends nuclear nuclear bombs to bomb America because of uh, this. Uh, basically, Russia assassinates their own leader, and then the the secret faction within Russia. Not only do they do that, they send nukes to America, and then they nuke America. Well, the the only surviving person who's next in line to become president is a guy on an airplane, and he's like, you know what, f Russia, and so he he sends nukes too, and everybody sends nukes, and everywhere and everywhere gets nuked, and so a hundred years pass, and like those who are underground bunkers or whatever or areas that weren't nuked, um, essentially. Uh, those people who survive come out and start trying to, uh, because it only takes about a hundred, I think about a hundred years or is it, is it 30 years? I don't remember. It didn't take nearly as long as scientists thought it would take for the nuclear stuff to be at least livable. Um, but people come out and then they start, uh, trying to survive in this nuclear wasteland, uh, kind of fallout style. And this goes on for a couple of generations where there's mutated creatures, mutated people, and then normal people. Uh, And it's kind of like Mad Max with uh, future technology, essentially, or kind of like Fallout. But everybody talks in a kind of, uh, how do I describe it? A kind of escape from New York kind of lingo where, you know, everybody has a grisly voice. There's like, um, you know, there there are no good people in Deathlands. Okay, the main character, his name is Ryan Calder. Okay, and the the first book doesn't really tell you his backstory. You find out later, but apparently, his backstory is that he used to be part of a famous Vale, which is like a a, a city, a famous Ville, which is like a city uh, in the Deathlands in Virginia, and it's and it spans out to several towns and whatnot and uh owned by uh it's controlled by baron calder which is ryan calder's father and then his he had three brothers one's a good brother one's a very evil brother and then one's ryan well the evil brother kills the good brother blames ryan on it the father sends guards to arrest ryan and then you know ryan gets into at this point he's like 13 by the way he gets into a fight with his brother and then he uh he basically shoots his brother in the leg, but his brother stabs him in the eye, but he manages to escape and run away. And then he goes and lives for like the next 10 years or so with a guy called the traitor. 
and the trader is a guy who runs a caravan and he sells goods and whatnot. And Ryan became his like second man. He has an eye patch and like a scar down his face and all this other stuff. And so he's like a grizzly, uh, got no nonsense guy who works for the trader. And then the basic gist is a whole story happens. And then Deathland's actual story, how the format begins, where essentially Ryan, a guy named Doc Tanner, a guy named JB, uh, JB Dix, um, uh, uh, Christy, uh, I, I, I don't remember her last name, Christy, and uh, a couple other people. Uh, like in book, in book three, you get uh, Jack, and book like 15, you get another person. And then, anyway, there's like seven main characters who will never die over the course of the 150 books. But there are people that come and go like Walking Dead, where like in the show Walking Dead, well they'll come, they either leave the party or die. But um, anyway, so the stories essentially go by this format. There are these things called um, uh, they're like they're like facilities that the government has set up across the world and in space. And in these facilities, they have guns and food and stuff. But secretly, in some of these facilities, redoubts, they're called redoubts, some of these facilities are teleportation chambers, okay? The problem is, it's been hundreds of years. <laughs> Nobody's touched these facilities in hundreds of years. And so when you use a redoubt to teleport, you don't know where you're going. And no facility has the same teleportation codes. So you could enter in the same codes from one facility and another facility and go completely different places. At one point in time, they teleport on the moon. And there's no oxygen up there. So he has to quickly close the door and teleport them again back. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, when you teleport, you're unconscious for a few, for, I don't know if it's a few seconds or minutes or whatever. It depends on how, like, it's crazy. But they teleport across America, which is now called the Deathlands. And sometimes they teleport to other places like Japan and Mexico or Russia or wherever. And so what, how a story would go is they'll teleport somewhere or they'll teleport multiple times because certain places aren't safe. And like either they're under the ocean and they're flooded and whatnot, or they're in space and there's no air. So obviously you can't stay there. You got to go. So they're either teleport multiple times or they teleport to the newest area. They'll get what they need from the redoubt they're in, and then they'll exit out and explore the area where bad things happen. And then after that adventure, it's a whole story, a whole adventure, which is really cool. Um, after that adventure is done, they'll return to the redoubt and then teleport again to the to the next kind of adventure uh book five is a good kind of idea of how that works where book five they teleport to new york they exit the redoubt and they're on this giant hill that's unclimbable that's the reason why nobody's been in this redoubt and so they put a rope down the hill climb down the hill travel through the streams through uh, out of New York into Virginia all the way like a week or two just to get to uh, the main character's former home. And then after that, it takes them months to get back to the redoubt. They don't even do that until the next book. Okay. Well, man, I know we had planned on talking about uh, Warhammer a little bit, but mm -hmm. 
right now it looks like we're going on almost an hour and a half. So I don't want to cut us short, but it looks like I'm going to have to cut us short mm-hmm. uh, for this episode. So maybe we get you back on here again and talk about a bunch of other stuff as well oh, yeah. as the first thing being Warhammer that we could talk about next time. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, shoot, man. It's been a show here. Can you, can you say that again? You were breaking up. I'm sorry, Adam. I couldn't hear what you said. Well, My bad. Deathlands? What about Deathlands? I said, is that what you said that the audio drama was called? Yeah, Deathlands. Yes, for sure. All right, Deathlands, man. Uh, really cool. Well, all right, man. Well, shoot. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been a great Thanks time. Yeah, man. It's been the longest episode we've had so far. Uh, and I can't wait to have another one with you, get on here again with you and talk about some stuff. It'll be a really good time. We'll have a lot of fun. And guys, for everybody else that's listening that's been on here this whole time, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, obviously, check into our subscription service. We're going to have exclusive content on there. But until the next time, everybody, keep your ears open for when Adam talks. Y'all have a great rest of your evening. Are you ready? Because it is time again. From Hot Springs, Arkansas, the Spa City, comes another action-packed, goofy, serious, mysterious, fun episode of the Adam Talks Podcast. We would like to thank Shirley Boy Entertainment and all the followers we have had over the years that have stuck by our side as well as Spotify Podcasts for allowing us to have the time and opportunity to have our podcast placed on Spotify. We would also like to thank any future subscribers to our 99 cent program to get exclusive content as well as anyone listening to our free content. Now, without further ado, here he is, the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour. Here's Adam!